0: multiplied to me there my burdened soul found liberty at calvary by god's word sin i'd learn then i trembled at the law i'd spurn, till my guilty soul imploring turn to calvary Mercy, there was great and grace was free. Pardon, there was multiplied to me. There, my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Now I've given Jesus everything. Now I gladly own Him as my King. Now my ransomed soul can only sing of Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burden, soul, found liberty Had come. The love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty God that God did send at Calvary. Mercy that was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to they my burden, self, and liberty,
1: and calvary.
0: And one more. Brother, this is the sanctuary. These people are the sanctuary, and we're the sanctuary. That's why we want to get filled, brother. We want to get filled. Lord, prepare us to be a sanctuary. Here we go. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy tried and true with thanksgiving i'll be a living sanctuary for you sing it one more time lord prepare me to be a sanctuary sound good this morning. I love it. Okay, all the kids ten years and younger may go out now to children's church kids corner. The rest of you may be seated. Where the bills all wound up and ready to go.
1: Bring it on. They don't want me to bring it on. Amen. How many kids did that look like to y'all? About ten. A bunch. Too many. <laughs> You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Well, as I mentioned last week, uh, we are still in the midst of Children's Month here at Bethel. So I'd like to share another message with you about children. Uh, But to begin, I'd love to tell the story about a mom and dad whose son was a freshman in college. He He was at school, and he totally blew off his entire freshman year. He made bad grades, squandered every cent that he was given, And he got into a lot of trouble while he was there He finally came home and his parents told him if you go back to school then you're gonna have to pay for it yourself And so the young man had to work all summer and ended up missing the family vacation That year the the family took a cruise to greece I mean what a trip to miss right took a cruise to greece, but his mother sent him a postcard dear son, she wrote today we stood on the mountains Where the ancient Spartan women sacrificed their defective children. Wish you were here. (laughs) That tore me up. You know, we think that we're responsible for teaching children the wisdom that they need to survive in this world. But often it takes a child to reveal lasting wisdom. When asked for words of wisdom, here's what some of the kids said. Ten-year-old Patrick said... Never trust a dog to watch your food. 14-year-old Michael said, When your dad is mad and he says, Do I look stupid or something? Don't answer him. The same wise Michael said, Never tell your mom that her diet's not working. Nine-year-old Randy said, Stay away from prunes. Nine-year-old Kurt said, Never hold a dustbuster and a cat at the same time. 15-year-old Naomi said, If you want a kitten, start by asking for a horse. 9-year-old Lauren said, Felt markers are not good to use as lipstick. And finally, 10-year-old Joel said, Don't pick on your sister when she's holding a baseball bat. (laughs) An old proverb says, Give to a pig when it grunts, and give to a child when he cries and you will have a fine pig and a bad child God expects us to raise children, not pigs our children are both the greatest challenge and I believe the greatest mission field that we as Christians have, but here's the question, how are we to respond to the evil forces that come against our kids How are we to respond to the evil forces that keep them from being all that God wants them to be? Do we turn off the TV set? Do we keep them from playing video games? Do we teach them to mind their manners and mind their mouth? Do we include them in cheerleading and soccer and basketball and baseball? Do we force them to get their homework? Do we keep them involved in church? What's the answer? I believe that all those things certainly have their value, but the greatest way to respond to the challenges that our children face today is to give them the gift of yourself. Give them the gift of yourself. Strive to include your kids, all of our kids, into your hectic and overloaded schedule the past few weeks, we've explored what makes a church great. We found that uh, great churches have great purpose. They have great prayer and preaching. They have great power, even persecution. They have great people, and they uh, adhere to great promises. Last week, Jesus taught us what makes a Christian great. He said, becoming like children in how we, how we think and how we act can make you Great. Becoming humble as children. Connecting with children. Being an example for children. In essence, making our children a priority in our lives is the sign of a great Christian. Today we're going to see how we can make our children great. How we can make our children great because you see, we are all stewards of God's investment in children. And the Word of God teaches very clearly that we will all be held accountable for how we use God's investment. So how are you doing? How are you doing managing God's investment that He's made in kids? Turn with me to Psalm chapter 127 today. And it's just a short Psalm of five verses. And let's read verse 1. "...unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward." Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man, blessed is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies at the gate. Let us pray. Father, I pray that you will teach us today how much you value children and how we are held accountable For your investment in children. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, using the word great, G-R-E-A-T, using that word great as an acrostic, I'd like to show you today how Psalm 127 shows us five things that we should teach our children so that they will turn out great. The first one is, the G is to generate a dependence upon the Lord. Verse 1, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. There is a little saying that goes like this, Little is much when God is in it. But the reverse is also true. For much is nothing if God ain't in it. That's exactly what I believe that verse 1 teaches us. I believe that unless our activities are ordered and directed by the Lord, it's just a waste of time and a waste of energy. We can set out to do all the things we want to do on our own. Even in Christian service, we can build a huge church, Brother Marshall. We can bring great numbers of people into this building. We can even have phenomenal results, but... If the fruit of those efforts doesn't come from the Lord, then they are worse than worthless. For the Lord builds the house. So how does this relate to children, Brother Bill? Well, children need to learn how they are to build God's house, God's temple. How are they to build their own lives? For 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, it asks, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. Friends, we got to teach children to rely on God to build their temple, to be reliant on God all their life for unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who try to build it. Why do we have Sunday school for children? Why do we have the Awana children's ministry? Why are we so focused on this new thing called cross training? Why? Because God desires to be involved in every process involving Christian children. He wants to be involved in all the things that they do. Not just here at church, but in applying the word of God while they're at school. And that's exactly what these things are intended to do. Apply the word of God to their young lives. So, friends, never let us make the mistake of leaving God not only out of our lives, but let us never make the mistake of leaving God out of building the lives of our kids. It's so important. Friend, a life lived apart from God is simply not a life worth living. Living with God. If we try to build the lives of children without God, then every accomplishment, every effort will be pointless. You know why? Because it will have no eternal value. It will have only temporal value. We want things, we want the kids to have eternal value in the kingdom of God. Therefore, we got to teach our kids. We got to teach them and be examples of people who rely on the Lord to build the house relying on Him. Teach them to make God their highest priority and let Him do the building. Now, we must also teach children to rely on God to protect the house, to protect the temple. For unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. You see, you and I, as parents and as spiritual leaders, we can't go around being the kid police all the time. Because eventually, our kids are going to leave the home. Eventually, our kids are going to go out and start their own lives. So we can't be around them all the time. Ultimately, we and our children have to rely on the Lord for their protection. So we need to be able to trust God and rely on Him. In Psalm 32, the Word says, Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you, while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise... They will not reach him. For you, Lord, are a hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Oh, friend, don't you know that we got to rely on God not only to build the house, to build the temple of the Holy Spirit, but also to protect the house, to protect our children. Here's the prayer of one small child, and I think she had it right. She said, Lord, bless my mommy and daddy. And dear God, take care of yourself. Because if anything happens to you, we're sunk. Now she had it right, didn't she? She had it right, didn't she? Anything happens to you, we're sunk. So true. How true it is. So we're going to teach our kids. We're going to teach our kids. That's what is about. is teaching them to trust God. Teaching them to rely on Him for daily provision, For protection, to build the house, whatever the case may be. So that's the G, generate dependence upon the Lord. But the R in great is to remind them to trust in God's care. Verse 2, it is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. Now if you read this verse on the surface it may sound like you're entitled to just sit around sipping iced tea and sponging off your friends. That's not what this verse means. I gotta tell you it's not an excuse to be lazy. It's not an excuse for you not to provide for your own needs. It's not an excuse for you not to provide for your family's needs or for the needs of other people. God is not against human effort. God is not against hard work. In fact he honors hard work. But working so hard, working so long that you never rest, working so hard and long that you neglect your family, in reality, that's probably a cover-up. It's a cover-up because what you're really saying is that you don't trust God. You don't trust God to provide for all the needs that you have. We all need sufficient rest, and we all need opportunities for spiritual refreshment. So we've got to teach our kids balance. We've got to teach them balance that work and rest are necessary. But in both work and in rest, we're to do it while trusting God. Now, we got to teach our children what uh, 1 Peter chapter 5 says. Teaching them to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt them in due time. Because get this, casting all your cares upon him, he cares for you. Put that one in your pocket and take it home with you, amen? Kids need to know that God cares for them. That's what Sunday school is about. That's what wanna's about. That's what cross-training is about, is teaching kids that God loves them and that God cares for them. How many of you know that kids need to know that they can say, never again, never again will I say I can't for all things, can be done through christ who strengthens us never again will i admit that i lack something for my god will meet all my needs according to his love in christ jesus never again will i fear for god has not given me a spirit of fear but he's given me power and love and a sound mind never again will i allow satan to rule over my life for greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world never again will i lack wisdom for i will ask For if any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who willingly provides generously and liberally and without reproach. Never again will I admit defeat for whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Friends, we need to teach teach our kids that they can say never again will I lack, fear, allow Satan to do anything in my life, keep me from being wise or convince me that I am a defeated child. They need to know that they can depend on the Lord and they need to know that they can trust in His care. But the E in great stands for encourage. Encourage them to obey God. Look at the first part of verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Earlier I shared with you 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now I want you to hear verse 20. Friend, you are not your own. If you're a child of God, you don't belong to you. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Friends, that includes children. We need to teach children they are glorifying to glorify God in all that they do. That's what a heritage is a heritage is a possession, a heritage is a personal property, heritage is an inheritance. But way too often, people see children as a liability rather than an asset. Oh, how mistaken they are, because the Bible calls children God's property. The Bible calls children God's possession. The Bible calls children His inheritance. And they don't belong to you, parent. They don't belong to you, mom. They don't belong to you, dad. They don't belong to you, Bethel. They belong to God. They belong to God and they're given to us and we're to be stewards of God's children. There are so many reasons why we need to teach children to obey. One that they often use is fear. Oh, well, I got to obey God because I have to. Another reason they think is reward. Oh, I need to obey God because I'm going to get something out of it. But let me tell you what we want to teach, and that is love. We want to teach them they want to obey God. Why? Because they love the Lord and they know that the Lord loves them. We want to encourage our kids to obey the Lord, not merely out of duty, not merely out of a desire to receive something. Rather, we want them to, to obey the Lord because they understand the lengths that God took to show His love to them. We want them to understand and obey God because of the love. That he showed. And that they should want to show their love in return. It's like God's people said before they entered the promised land. We want our children too to boldly say, The Lord our God we will serve. His voice we will obey. And you get your child saying that, You're going to have a good child. So depending on the Lord is important to kids. It'll make them great. Trusting in his care will make a child great. Also, obeying the Lord, that'll make a child great. But there's another one. The A in great stands for affirm. Affirm their value to God. Look at the end of verse 3. The fruit of the womb is His reward. His reward. Children are God's reward. The Bible is saying that our children are His reward. He is the author of creation. He is the one who provides the gift of life. There is no one here who is an accident. You were created for a very specific reason and that's God's reason to glorify Him. But yet God has given us. God has given us His reward. He's given us His reward to take care of, to nurture and teach and be an example for and to help them grow up. Trusting and depending upon him. Friends, these people who view children as a distraction, these people who view children as a nuisance, should instead see them as a great opportunity to shape their own future. How many of you know that children are our future? Why not invest in your own future, amen? Let us dare not treat children as an inconvenience when God Almighty places such great value on them. My, my. So we need to to teach children how important they are to God. We need to teach children how valuable they are to God. And we need to remind them how much God loves them. Do you know that's why we have Sunday school for children? That's why we have a wanna for children. That's why we want to have cross training for children. To instill this in them that they are loved by Almighty God, that they are valuable to Almighty God, and they are important to God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So loved the world. For God demonstrated his own love in this, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. For us, friend, that includes children. How valuable are children to God? Well, I'll tell you, they're precious enough to God that he would die for them just like he died for you. Affirm their value to God. The T in great is to train them up in the admonition of the Lord. Verse 4. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy, blessed is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Like arrows. Kids are like arrows, the Bible says. And if kids are like arrows, that means that we as parents and spiritual leaders are like the archers. We're the ones pulling back the bow because how many of you know that the arrow does not shoot itself? It requires an archer. And if that arrow is shot by a skilled archer, then it will hit its target. My question to you is, are we aiming our kids at a godly life? Are we aiming our kids towards the values of God? Are we making straight arrows so that they'll fly directly to the target when we shoot them? Let me give you three facts about arrows. First, to be effective, Arrows must be properly shaped. Oftentimes when shaping an arrowhead, there's things that have got to be removed. To properly shape an arrow, to make it fly right, some things have got to be removed. How many of you know that kids can pick up bad habits? Sometimes things have got to be Removed. But not only are arrows needing to be properly shaped, but to be effective, arrows must also be sharp. If kids are going to make an impact in this world, and we want them to, if they're going to make an impact on this world, they better be sharpened by the Word of God. Otherwise, they're going to be dull. And they'll never be an influence for any eternal value. Thirdly, to be effective, arrows must be shot. Because, friend, at one point or another, the arrow's got to be let go to receive its target. The arrow's got to be let go on one day or another to fly on its own. Arrows. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old. He will not depart from it. That arrow will hit the target. That arrow will fly right. Paul instructed fathers to raise up their children. To raise up their children in the training and admonition, in the encouragement of the Lord. Because nothing else will provide any eternal value. I read about one father who said to his son, you better get ready because the church bus will be here in a minute to take you to Sunday school. The boy said, Daddy, did you go to Sunday school when you were a boy? And the father proudly said, yes, I sure did. And he just kind of shook his head and kept getting dressed and he said, well, it probably won't do me any good either. Now there's two things that go hand in hand with the moral of that story. One is, he was obviously not living by example. Didn't do him any good. But obviously if the church bus was picking his child up for Sunday school, that means that daddy wasn't going. So it must not have had a big impact on him either. Albert Schweitzer said, there are only three ways to teach a child. The first is by example. The second is by example. And the third like it is by example. Do you get where I'm going? You want to teach a child? Show a child. Show a child by example that you love God. Show a child by example that you're dependent on God, that you're trusting God to care, that you're valuable to God. Show show him by example that you're willing to obey God. Show them by example. Now I know that practically speaking we are to train up our child by example but also by teaching. But I submit to you this morning that great kids are made when we generate dependence upon the Lord, when we remind them to trust in God's care, when we encourage them to obey the Lord, when we affirm their value to God and when we train them up in the admonition of the Lord. You do those things You're going to make a great kid. Amen. Now, for all this to happen, there's something you need to do. And that is, you need to make an active commitment to God to take care of His investment, an active commitment to God to be involved in making great children. So, I want to encourage you today during this invitation to first give yourself to Jesus. If you've never given yourself to Jesus, today's your day. And then once you give yourself to Jesus, then give yourself to children. And then after this invitation, we're going to have all of our children in the church building. We're going to have all of our children, our young children, to be on the front pew. We're going to have all of our BYG-age kids on the second pew. And if the Lord has spoken to you through this message or through his word or through your prayers, whatever the case may be, that it's time for you to make an active commitment to God while you invest in the lives of children, then I'm going to ask you during this invitation to walk up here and sign this sheet. That you will make a commitment to God to invest in the lives of kids through the bethel ministry. You come and do that, and then after you've signed this, then you stand behind that second pew, behind BYG. And then after our commitment time is finished, then I'm going to ask the entire church to then come behind the third pew and form a circle around the Awana leaders. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray over these Awana leaders. We're going to pray over these children. We're going to pray over BYG. But friend, remember that it begins with you giving yourself to Jesus. You can't lead a child to Jesus unless you know him yourself. So let's pray. Father, we are so grateful that you would see fit to give your reward to us to take care of. Father, I thank you that I love kids. Father, I thank you that I see that they are the future of Bethel Baptist Church. Lord, I thank you that I see that children, that our kids are the future presidents and congressmen and women of our country. Father, I thank you that I see that our kids are the ones that are going to be responsible for leading countless others to Jesus Christ. But, Father, it begins when we show them by example that you are the priority, that you are the prize, that you are the reason that we're here today. So, Lord, I pray first of all that if there's one here that doesn't know Jesus, doesn't know that the only way they can go to heaven is by placing their faith in the Son of God who died for them just the way they died for me and everybody else in this room. Father, if it's their day, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that you would give them that still soft whisper that no matter what's going on outside these walls, what's happening inside these walls has eternal value. Father, encourage them, help them to take that first step of faith And, Lord, after they take that first step of faith, you'll take over from there. And, Father, I pray, Lord, for these that will sign up and commit to invest their lives into the lives of children. Father, we're looking forward to great and mighty things. We're looking forward to children coming to know Jesus Christ. Father, we're looking forward to what you're going to do in the kingdom of God through these humble servants here at Bethel. Lord, your will be done for your glory alone. And Lord, don't let nobody come up here and sign this paper unless they know what they're doing. Unless they're willing to make a commitment. And Lord, if they're unless they're willing to pay the cost. Cuz it does require a sacrifice. We know that. But Father, we also know that nothing good comes without sacrifice. So Father, have your will in your way in this invitation. As always, it is yours. And we'll exalt you above all others in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.
0: Let's all stand. Let's sing. Take my life and let it be Consecrated, Lord, to thee Take my moments and my days Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Lord, I give my life to Thee, Thine forevermore to be. Lord, I give my life to Thee, Thine forevermore to be. Take my feet and let them be Swift and beautiful for Thee. Take my voice and let me sing. Always only for my King. Lord, I give my life to Thee. Thine forevermore to me. Lord, I give my life to Thee. Thine forevermore to be. Take my silver and my gold. Not of might would I withhold. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Lord, I give my life to thee. Thine forevermore to be. Lord, I give my life to Thee. Thine forevermore to be. Take my will and make it Thine. It shall no longer be mine. Take myself and I will be. I give my life to Thee, Thine forever more to be. Lord, I give my life to Thee, Thine forever more to be. Let's sing back at the first of it, okay? If I get back to it, here we go. Here we take my life and let it be. Consecrated Lord to thee, take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Lord, I give my life to thee, thine forevermore to me, Lord, I give my life to thee, thy feet and let it be swift and beautiful for thee take my voice and let me sing always only for my king Lord I give my life to thee thine forever to be Lord I give my life to Thee, Thine forever more to be. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my moments and my days, let them flow with ceaseless praise. Lord, I give. I give my life to Thee, Thine forevermore to be. Take my will and make it Thine, it shall no longer mine. Take myself and I will be ever only all for Thee, Lord. I give.